Hey, why don't you turn in your Bibles this morning? We're going to look at Hebrews. We're going to go to James, and then we're going to go to Genesis, okay? So if you've got your Bibles um, or your devices, that's where we're going to be going this morning. I've um, called this sermon today, they called him a friend of God. How many would love to be a friend of God? I think we are. But I think, uh, you know, we've been, we've been doing a series about knowing him. And uh, today it's really the focus is about him knowing us. And uh, he knows us. He knows everything about us, right? But we want to look at the life of Abraham today. And just, um, as I said, I pray that this will speak to us uh, in the posture of what God is doing within our hearts and getting ready. Hebrews 11, 8 through to 9, it says, It was by faith, everyone say faith, that Abraham obeyed God when God called him to leave home and go to another land that God would give him as his inheritance. He went without knowing where he was going. <laughs> Get ready, friends. You ever been in that situation where God calls us into places where we're not quite sure what it's going to look like, what it's going to feel like, where it's going to land up, but we've got to trust him. He went without knowing where he was going. And even when he reached the land God promised him, he lived there by faith. For he was like a foreigner living in tents, as so did Isaac and Jacob, who inherited the same promise. Abraham was confidently looking forward to a city with eternal foundations, a city designed by God and built by God. Amen? James 2, and 23 simply says this, do you see that faith was working together with his works? And by works, faith was made perfect. For the scripture was fulfilled, which says, Abraham believed God. He believed God. He believed God. And it was accounted to him for righteousness. And he was called the friend of God. Father, today I thank you for what you're doing already in this place. And God, I thank you that your words will just penetrate hearts, open eyes, and leave us changed today. We pray in the mighty name of Jesus. And we said, Amen. Abraham was called a friend of God. I don't know about you, but that's something pretty cool. That's, that's a good reputation. You know, that's something to have written on our tombstone, maybe. You know, he was a friend of God, or, you know. Uh, th this is something that was about Abraham's relationship with Father God. And uh, this is our quest. Our quest is to know him. And uh, our quest is to, you know, find out and go on this journey of faith to get to know our God intimately. But there are some in this world that stand out. There are people in this world that, for whatever reason, their intimacy, their hunger, their passion, their posture, that God has poured out. And, and he pours out over all of us. But there are some, as we've looked back, men and women throughout history, various times stood out because of their close association with God. And God anointed them. They became known in the earth due to their relationship with God. Abraham was known as a friend of God. What a great thought. Today, we can be friends of God. Not close associates, not Sunday, just 
I'll check in with God. But every day, friends of God. Amen. Smith Wigglesworth, John G. Lake, Catherine Kuhlman, Mother Teresa, Finney, Billy Graham, Lester Sumrall, Spurgeon, Derek Prince, all of these different ones. John Wimber, Yongi, Paul Yongi Cho, Dr. Yongi Cho. Do you know that man? Do you know what he's known for? The largest church in the world. Was over almost a million members. Started out just as a humble, broken man in Korea. And God used him incredibly to transform a nation. Friends, how incredible are some of these people who knew God and allowed God to know them. Amen. The Bible says this in Jeremiah 33, 3, Call to me and I will answer you and I will show you great and mighty things which you do not know. The ESV says, Call to me and I will answer you and I will tell you great and hidden things that you have not known. How many know this, that there are things that we don't know yet? There are things that God wants to do in us and through us that we're not aware of yet. But you see, if we just kind of like live life and, and, and play church, we're never going to know those things. However, if we posture ourselves in a different way and go after something more in God that we have never ever... Oh, is this... Something is happening here. If we posture ourselves and we go after God, friends, who knows what's sitting in this room right here among us? Amen? Who knows what's sitting in the chair in front of you or behind you or maybe even in your chair? Say, that's me. <laughs> the incredible me, all right, is that we can understand this. Is if, we can get, if we can get a hold of understanding what God has called us for and we begin to walk in such a way. There's something about knowing God. There's something about knowing what God has created our lives for. But there's something about being known by God. By God. Our posture, our passion, and our pursuit, and our willingness to live for the purpose of Him. Like Abraham, God changed his life. And because of Abraham's willingness to believe God. Everyone say, believe God. He believed God. God, through him, changed all of mankind. This is the statement today. Abraham believed God and it was accounted to him for righteousness. And he was called a friend of God. I want to ask you the question, what is God asking you to believe him for today? What is God asking you to believe him for today? Now there's two levels. There's different levels in this because there's personal things which are cool. It's all right. We've all got personal needs. We've all got things that we want and believe God for. But I want to ask you another level. What is God believing? What is God wanting you to believe him for, for our nation, for the church, for your family? Let's get our eyes off ourselves and think bigger in the world that we're living in right now. Because the Bible says that the Lord is looking across the earth to a person. What's the scripture? Chronicles. The eyes of the Lord run to and fro across the whole earth looking for... Yeah, say it. Can you, can you remember it? Can you remember it? Who God can show himself strong. Amen. 
And there we go. We, we want to see that thing. Abraham believed God and it was accounted to him for righteousness. Amen. One commentator characterized Abraham's life like this. He said, Abraham's life defines the difference between a true pilgrim and a mere pedestrian. Everything about his life suggested that he delighted to be a sojourner. In other words, he, he really knew that he wasn't here for that long. A pilgrim, alienated, disengaged, and a stranger on earth. He lived in the world, but his heart was set on another country. His treasure was in another currency, and his citizenship was in another realm. Like Abraham, we live in the world, but the direction of our lives is forever being called to possess something more. Abraham believed God, and it was accounted to him as righteousness, and he became a friend of God. In Genesis chapter 12, we want to read and just flick with me through some scripture this morning. In Genesis chapter 12, verses 1 and 3, it says this, Now the Lord said to Abram, Get out of your country, from your family, and from your father's house to a land that I will show you. Here's the call on this man's life. And God said to him, I will make you a great nation. Number one. Number two, I will bless you. Number three, your name will become great. Four, you shall be a blessing. Five. Number six, I will bless those who bless you, and I will curse those who curse you, and in you all of the families of the earth shall be blessed. Thanks, John. So true. Absolutely. Sevenfold blessing of Abraham. And we sit here today a part of that blessing that God had spoken to him. The life of Abraham is an incredible character in the Bible. He believed God, and it was accounted to him as righteous. He believed God. Now, here's the option for you and I. Do we believe him for our life, for what our life represents in the kingdom, for what our life represents to the body of Jesus Christ? Because God wants to stir something afresh on the inside of him. The, the narrative, the pages, and I'd love for you to go home and read the story of Abraham because we're not going to read the six pages, six chapters, seven chapters today. But I'm going to skip through some of these things because Abraham left just as God had called him. And he set out and blessing followed him. Remember, God said, I'm going to bless you and I'm going to bless those who bless you. And he says, you're going to become something in this world that people are going to talk about. And from you is going to come generational blessing. And so we see that he went out. He obeyed unquestioningly the command of God. And he received repeated promises and covenant that his seed would inherit the land. And so Abraham set off. He and his nephew, Lot, with all of their family, their tribes and their herdsmen. And the blessing of God came upon them such to the extent where they were fighting over paddocks and rooms because their herds and their, 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 their livestock were, were so expansive. Like blessing couldn't be contained. Like how many would love blessing that couldn't be contained? 
you know. And, uh, and so anyway, there was the whole thing that happened. And so in Genesis chapter 15, we pick up where God came and said, sometime later, the Lord spoke to Abram in a vision and said, do not be afraid, Abram, for I will protect you and reward and your reward will be great. And Abram replied, oh, sovereign Lord, what good are all of your blessings when I don't even have a son? Since you've given me no children, Eliezer of Damascus, a servant in my house, will inherit all of my wealth. For you have given me no descendants of my own, so one of my servants will be my heir. And the Lord came back to Abram and said, No, your servant will not be your heir, for you will have a son of your own who will be your heir. And the Lord took Abram outside of his tent and said to him, Look up into the sky and count the stars if you can. How many here have ever been out west on a dark night, starry night, beautiful crisp night, and looked up into the heavens? Isn't it majestic? Isn't it wonderful just to see the array of God's creation? God's cre- he said, look up and count if you can. How That's how many the descendants of you you will have. And Abram believed the Lord, and the Lord counted him as righteous because of his faith. Isn't that amazing? Now, let me, let me ask you the question. From when God calls us to when the promise comes, how many know there's a little bit of a gap? <laughs> like if, yeah, little, that's right. You know, we, are we still here, Lord? You know, this is, this is the journey, the pilgrimage. This is the faith walk that God calls us into, is that we don't get everything all at the one time. But God calls us into an adventure. He calls us into a relationship. He calls us into a walk where we would walk with him. Remember, at this age, he was 75. We go on and we look through and we can see all of these things, these promises. And it goes on and, uh, you know, he... he, um, he, uh, Here we go. He goes on, Genesis 17, let's just go into here. 99 years of age, he appears to him. In 16, in 16, this is great. Isn't it good when you make additions to your sermon and you lose them? But in chapter 16, we, we understand that God promised and then all of a sudden, how many know sometimes, man, we, we try to help God out? 16 is really good. It's a good chapter because 16, it was kind of like Abram tried to help God with the promise. And uh, out of frustration at 86 years of age, he became a father to a son that wasn't from his wife, Sarah. And we understand Ishmael was born. And so the Ishmaels in our life can be sometimes where we want to help God along the way. And God says, but out. And then sometimes we have to deal with the Ishmaels. And we have to deal with those things that come and irritate in our, in our journey. But we go on and the, and the story was at 99 years of age. God said to him in Genesis 17, it says, Abraham was 99 years of age and the Lord appeared to Abram and said to him, I am the almighty God. Walk before me and be blameless. For I will make my covenant between me and you and will multiply you exceedingly. Abram fell on his face and God talked to him saying, As for me, behold, my covenant is with you, and you shall be a father of many nations. How many know this, that maybe in Abram's life at that moment, there was a little bit of regret as to what had happened? How many there was a little bit of, Lord, I'm sorry that I've stuffed this up? 
And now, Lord, you're showing me again through your promise that, Lord, you have got the whole thing worked out. All right? In our humanness and in our frailties, God understands that sometimes we don't get it all right because we're not perfect. We're not Jesus. But the reality is, is that God is building something within this man's life that we need to look at and we need to understand. He said, you will be a father of many nations, for no longer shall your name be called Abram, meaning exalted father, but your name shall be called Abraham, meaning father of many nations. For I will make you exceedingly fruitful and I will make nations of you and kings shall come from you. For I will establish my covenant between me and you and your descendants after you in their generations for an everlasting covenant to be God to you and to your descendants after you. And we know that's a good thing. We're here today because of that thing. Did you notice even when God breathed his divine life into Abram and Sarai, thus ending them to have a child, the letter H he introduced into their names. That's what it was. Look what it happens. Next slide. Ah, impossible becomes him possible. You like that? It's a dad joke for the morning. Yeah, that's really great. Awesome. We understand. We read. Heads are shaking on this side. Someone pray for the pastor. All right. All right. From verse 15, from verse 15, God then comes to Sarah. Regarding Sarah, your wife, Sarai, your wife, her name will no longer be called Sarai, but from now on, it will be Sarah. And I will bless her and give her a son from her. Yes, I will bless her richly and she will become the mother of many nations and kings will come from her. Isn't it amazing? (laughs) Little time later, Genesis 18, verse 9. Where is Sarah, your wife? The visitors asked. She's inside the tent, Abraham replied. Then one of them said to him, For I will return to you about this time next year and your wife Sarah will have a son. Sarah was listening to the conversation from the tent. Abraham and Sarah, both very old at this time, and Sarah was long past the age of having children. So she laughed silently to herself and said, How could a worn-out woman like me enjoy such pleasure, especially when my master, my husband, is also so old? Worn out. out. (laughs) Then the Lord said to Abraham, Why did Sarah laugh? Why did she say, can an old woman like me have a baby? Is anything too hard for your Lord? I will return about this time next year and Sarah will have a son. Sarah was afraid, so she denied it and saying it. I didn't laugh, but the Lord said, no, Sarah, you did. (laughs) I love that. I reckon that's so cool. No, no, you, you did. You did laugh, you know. I can see all things. I know what you're up to. I can see it all. We know the story. Abraham at 100. Sarah gave birth to a son. They called him Isaac. And they enjoyed the promise. But it didn't end there. It didn't end there. It went on. And in verse chapters 22, 1 to 18, sometime later, God tested Abraham's faith and called him. 
Abraham, yes, he replied, I'm here. He said, take your son, your only son, Isaac, whom you love so much, and go to the land of Moriah. Go and sacrifice him as a burnt offering on one of the mountains, which I will show you. Can I just say, you can't even fathomly, kind of humanly get your head around what that would be. A hundred years waiting to have a son, an only son, an only child, and then the God of the universe, your loving father, says to call you and takes you to a place and say, that son, take him. You want an only son whom you love. Take him and sacrifice him. Could you imagine being in that place? This is the story of faith. This is the story of trusting God. This is the story of saying yes to God no matter what it costs us in this life. Amen? Now, let me say this to you. It might not be a son or a daughter that you need to sacrifice, but there will be things in our life where God calls us to lay down for his sake. It could be lands. It could be families. It could be to leave. It could be to do something that is not high on the agenda or your priority. But if you're willing to say yes to God, then friends, God will come and work a miracle in our lives. Amen. And we know the story. The story goes on that he took his son and they got the wood and they went up to the place of where they were needing to go. And all the way down, you know, we see this in verse 12. Uh, The angel of the Lord called to him from heaven, Abraham, Abraham. And so he said, yes, here I am I. And he said, do not lay a hand on the lad, nor do anything uh, to him. For now I know that you fear the Lord, since you have not withheld your son, your only son, for me. You know, they came to that place, and he was there ready to end his life in obedience to what God had asked. And God said this, Abraham lifted his eyes and looked, and there behind him was a ram caught in the thicket by its horns. And so Abraham went and took the ram and offered it as a burnt offering instead of his son. And Abraham called the name of that place the Lord will provide, as it is still to this day. The angel of the Lord called Abraham a second time out of heaven, and he said, Myself, I have sworn, says the Lord, because you have done this thing, and you have not withheld your son, your only son, in blessing I will bless you, and in multiplying I will multiply your descendants as the stars of the heaven, and as the sand which is on the seashore. And your descendants shall possess the gates of their enemies. And in your seed, all the nations of the earth shall be blessed because you have obeyed my voice. Amen. I come back to this point of this. Abraham believed God and it was accounted to him for righteousness. And the Lord called him a friend of God. Let me say in Romans, turn with me there. Romans 4, 18 to 22. Lonnie, if you'd like to come on up, if you may. Um, Romans 4, 18 to 22 is a great summary of the life of Abraham. And it says, even when there was no reason for hope, Abraham kept hoping. I wonder who that applies to today. I wonder if you've given up on hope. I wonder if something's happened and, um, and you know, you're in that place of your journey. It says here, even when there was no reason for hope, Abraham kept hoping 
believing that he would become the father of many nations. For God had said to him, that's how many descendants you will have. Abraham's faith did not weaken. And even though at about 100 years, he figured his body was as good as dead, as so was Sarah's womb. In verse 20, Abraham never wavered in believing God's promise. In fact, his faith grew stronger. And in this, he brought glory to God. He was fully convinced that God is able to do whatever he promises. And because of Abraham's faith, God counted him as righteousness. You know, four simple things in our life. And as I said to you at the beginning today, two things, two responses that I think we can either go away with. That in our walk with God, it is a walk of faith. There's the high points, there's the low points, and there's the, the plateaus. There's the green valleys, there's the drought seasons, and, and then there's floods. Whatever it is, there's a mix of everything. But in all of it, God wants our ear and God wants our heart. And he calls us forever in this journey of pilgrimage forward into the thing which he's called for us. At 53, which is really young, <laughs> just a boy, that's right. But whatever our age, we all live with the hope that our life will be significant. For the kingdom of God. And God is calling you forever forward. Amen. Here's the two things. It says, when there was no reason for hope, even when things seemed stacked against him, even when their age seemed physically impossible, God's promise is God's promise. Amen. Becoming known by God is all about the choices we make to pursue our God and the life that he's called us to live. Becoming known by God is about the continuous posturing of our hearts and our continual willingness to trust. Four simple things. Genesis 5.5 Abraham the Lord called Abraham outside of his tent. The first thing I want us to do is to step out. Step out. Step out of the situation. What is it that you're in right now where you just need to kind of go, you know what, I need to stop and I need to take a look outside. Draw aside. Get out of the situation. Get away from the stress or the chaos or the discouragement or whatever that is. Get to the mountaintop or beside a lake or near a river or along a beach or the stillness of country or bushland and actually step out of the noise. Step out of the chaos that's going on all around you. Pause. I don't make sense. I can't understand it. God, what's happening here? I can't find a way through. Step out. Listen to what your father is wanting to do. The next thing was this. God said, look up. Look up. 
gain perspective. Remember your God. Recapture the magnitude of my sovereignty. He is the creator God, the God of the universe. Let his bigness sink in and refocus our thoughts. Get recentered in him. Amen. Look up. Look up. Forget about what's going on in your little world, in this situation, in the circumstances that you can't deal with. And remember, who is your God? Some of you might need to go near a lake or a beach or a dark, starry night and get the experience of reminding yourself how big God is in your world. Amen? The third thing is this, is listen to his promise. What has God already spoken into you or over you? Remember what you are already included in, that God knew us from the very foundation of the earth. And we're part of that seed of Abraham. Amen? Fill up your mind and your heart with the promises of God, the imagination of God, and dream again. Let the promises of God solidify. Dig deep. Dig, put them into your heart again and let them be nourished. Let them bring faith, hope, and assurance. And if God has said it, well, then that settles it. Amen. The fourth thing is simply this, is to believe God. Put faith into action and believe Him. Just like Abraham did, let your faith grow stronger. Don't try to help God to make it happen, Ishmael. But get up when you fall down and become fully convinced that God is able to do whatever He promised. Amen. Thank you, Lord, today for what you're doing. Thank you, Lord, today. 